I'm excited to have you guys with us today. Like I said, my name is Pastor Trevor. Uh, we've been in a series all about the book of Nehemiah, but uh, I told you guys last week we were going to er, take a little uh, detour off of that today because I feel like there was a message that was very specific uh, for our church and kind of the season that we're in as a church right now. And so today's message is called The Table. Somebody say, The Table. It is called The Table. And I, I don't know about you, and we're kind of getting into that fall season now. I love fall. Who loves fall in the, in the house of God? Come on. My wife is a huge fall fan. Um, not the pumpkin spice latte as much. We're not like necessarily huge into the pumpkin stuff. But we love fall because there's family, there's football, there's food, and there's faith. Come on now, somebody, that is just the quad. Like, it's just amazing, okay? I love it. It's just a great season uh, for me. In particular, I'm a huge sports fan. And, and so, uh, you know, I love getting together and watching games with the family. But uh, Thanksgiving, in particular, is one of my favorite holidays as well uh, because it combines all of my favorite things. It really does. And you get to just hang out with family, eat some great food, maybe watch a football game or two, maybe invite some friends. You have a Friendsgiving. Some people I know love to do that. I've done some of those in the past. And uh, one of the things that you do is uh, before you have your Thanksgiving uh, family dinner or lunch, or whatever it is that you do, uh, maybe you have this kind of a memory. I certainly do. I have a lot of memories of setting the table, right? And that's like a job that is specifically given usually to all the cousins that are all running around. It's like, all right, like you have to give them something to do or else you're going to tear apart the house. Hey man, you know what I'm talking about? Hey, let's have some structured things. You're going to help. You take all the knives and the forks, the spoons, the plates, maybe the glasses. If it's not like grandma's, you know, like specific China set, like don't let them touch that, you know, but you can put out the little plastic cups. Maybe you have the kid's table, all that set up and, and you have to prepare the table. And that's actually the first uh, point I have for you today is prepare the table. And we're going to talk about uh, uh, kind of that Thanksgiving table and relate it back to the Bible. I'm really, uh, I feel like this is a word for our church right now in this season. And, and I think you'll understand why once we get to the end of it. But before anyone gets to your home, you got to set the table. You have to prepare the table. And, and many times that role was given to us. So I remember when I was a kid, I'd be going and setting the table in my grandma's house. And I absolutely loved uh, my, my dad's mom's cooking. Come on. Uh, she was the best. Her name was Nanny. She was amazing. There was so much butter and salt in that food. Let me tell you, so much. Small town Texas country cooking, y'all. Like, it was some good food, okay? Um, and, and it was just amazing, the food that we had there. I'll never forget it. No one's ever been able to do it justice, I really feel like. You know, grandma's cooking just, ah, oh, it's different. It's different. And so, but you got to set that table. So I would, I have memories of going around, putting the forks and plates and different things like that around and and I'm sure you have a memory like that. And you got to start cooking that turkey a long time, right, before everybody gets there. Some people cook it, you know, a whole day before. I mean, it's in there. You have all these different ways that you cook it. Maybe you have, uh, you know, do like the injection stuff. I know we tried that a couple times. And then uh, maybe you put it uh, on the grill or you put it in the oven. And then everybody's got their opinion on like, what's the best way to cook the turkey? Come on, I'm already getting y'all hungry for lunch. Okay, we just got started here. So buckle up, all right? Uh, but you know what I'm talking about. Thanksgiving is so much fun, but you got to prepare. There's a lot of thought that goes into the Thanksgiving meal before the people even get to your home. And I want to relate this back to the Bible a little bit about 
serving and preparing and getting the table ready for people to eat uh, what's at the table. In Matthew 20, 28, Jesus said this, even as the son of man came not to be served, but to serve. Somebody say serve. serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. What does this mean? It means Jesus says, hey, I'm not here so that you guys can serve me. I'm the son of God, right? That's what Jesus is saying. I'm the son of God. I'm fully God, fully man. Like he knows this. The disciples around him sort of know this. They're learning. They're trying to figure this thing out. But he's saying, hey, listen, I'm not here so that you can do all this stuff for me so that you can bow to me and offer me all these sacrifices like so many other religions do. But he's like, hey, it's not a religion, it's a relationship. And I'm here to serve you, to give my life for you, give my life as a ransom for many, to pay the price for our sins so that we could have life. That's what he's saying right here. And uh, how many of you know that in the Bible, Jesus has many different names, a lot of different names. Uh, he, he's, you know, the Lion of Judah, the spotless lamb, like the, there's so many different uh, names that he has. But one that I don't think that maybe we talk about enough is he's known as the bread of life. He's known as the bread of life. And we talked last week about he, how he's the cornerstone of, of everything that we build our lives upon. But also, I think if you think of Jesus as the bread of life, man, I'm telling you, uh, he is the centerpiece at that table, at that Thanksgiving table. Jesus is the centerpiece. And uh, for me anyway, I'm telling y'all about to be real hungry by the end of this message. We talk about food the whole time, okay? We go to my in-laws uh, every Thanksgiving and they cook some great food over there too. We always have... Uh, lots of different things, but one of the, my favorite things at the Thanksgiving table, and just anytime we really eat, is these, what are they called, Sister Schubert rolls? Is that what they're called? Yeah, have you, any of y'all ever had those before? Like, they're just like the rolls you put, they're frozen, and then you put them in, but they come out like they were never, they're fresh baked bread, basically. Like, it's so good. Yes, some variation, maybe you like biscuits, you like rolls, and then you put them in this basket, and they're just like this centerpiece right in the middle. I, uh, you know, like a normal person would eat maybe one or two of those things. No, 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 no. I eat five or six. I'm telling you, I have, she has to go back and cook more because me and my brother-in-law, Caleb, will eat an entire basket just by ourselves. And, and I love that because you put it right in the center. It's this beautiful basket. And you kind of put the little cloth over it so it keeps them warm. You get that butter out on them. Mm, that's some good stuff. And I'm telling you, that is a centerpiece. You put it right in the middle and then everything else goes around and you got the big spread, you got the turkey, you got the, the casseroles, you got all the different, you know, maybe you have green bean casserole. Uh, yeah, he's getting hungry on the front row, I can tell you right now. Your tummy's growling right now, dude, I can see you. But it's the centerpiece of everything. And, and we do so much to, to prepare our homes for guests to come in, right? Like my mother-in-law does a ton to get that meal ready for us to eat. We do a ton as a family to prepare the table. And even my son, Oakland, and, and his cousin, Joshua, we, we make sure that they have something to do and they can help to set the table and to prepare for the guests to come in, to prepare for the family to come in and eat. So we do so much, like, like you go nuts cleaning your home before family comes into town, right? When you have guests over, everyone's cleaning. Everyone has something to do. And we're just like running around like crazy. Oh, we gotta clean this. We gotta dust. It's like, you never dust. Well, we're dusting now, you know? Like you gotta do all these different things to get ready for guests in our home. So how many of you know and think that we should probably do even more to prepare for guests that come into our churches? Amen? Like, 
why do we get so excited and we're so anxious about people coming into our home and prepare this meal and, and clean everything, make sure everything's absolutely perfect. I think we should be doing way, way more to prepare for guests in our church. Why? Because we're not just serving turkey, y'all. Here at the church in the house of God, we're serving up some Jesus in this place. Come on, we're serving up hope. We're serving up life. We're serving up faith, love, mercy, and grace. Like these are existential things that we think about that are so important to who we are as humans. And yet sometimes I think we care more about what our house looks like and serving people in our home than we do about serving people in the church. I think that's something we need to talk about today. So we gotta prepare the table. Prepare the table, that's the first point. The second one is invite the guests in. So you get all ready, you throw this party, you say, hey, we're gonna have Thanksgiving or whatever, and you, you got the turkey going, you got the table set. You got everything, you, you send out the invitations and you say, hey, come on guys, why don't you come on in to the house? Everything is ready for you here. So what happens if the table is not ready when your guests arrive? What happens? Now that doesn't look very good on you, does it? Like everyone gets there and maybe the spoons and the forks aren't there. Everybody's like sitting down getting ready to eat and it's not there, the table's not set. The food isn't ready, the turkey's burnt. Come on now, how many of you ever burn a turkey in your life before? Be honest with me, you burn a turkey? Only one honest person in the house of God today. Mm-mm-mm, my goodness. You burn a turkey, you gotta go out and buy from H-E-B, you know? Like you've been there before, I know some of y'all have. And the glasses are dirty, they haven't been washed. There's not enough chairs for everybody at the table. Maybe you weren't prepared for how many people were about to show up. That's gonna be real awkward, right? But then you look to the centerpiece and say, look, we have rolls though. And it's like, come on guys, like nothing else is ready. Everything's messed up. We don't have any of this other stuff, but you got the rolls. Like, thank you. I'm so glad that you have that prepared and nothing else is ready. Listen, we need to invite people, not just into our homes, but also invite people to church. But what happens when the church isn't ready for them to come in? What happens when the hosts aren't there, when the coffee isn't made? This morning we were making some coffee and they're like, Pastor Trevor, I don't know if the coffee tastes good this morning. You're gonna have to check it out. And I went over and drank some. I was like, I feel like it tastes kind of okay. Like, have y'all tried it? And they're like, yeah, we all tried it. I said, are any of y'all like regular coffee drinkers? And they were like, no. And I said, okay, yeah, you don't have a say. It's good, I promise, it's fine. <laughs> None of, all the non-coffee drinkers were making the coffee this morning. So if, if it's not good, you can take it up with them. So anyway. What happens if the kids area is understaffed? If the worship team stinks? Talk to Pastor Tim, I'm just kidding. Yeah. What if parking is a nightmare? Sometimes it's hard to find a spot, you know? Like, what if we don't have enough chairs? Let me tell you how many times we've run into that situation here at Radical in the last few months. We have had zero chairs available. Today, luckily we don't have that much of a problem, but man, there have been a few weeks over the last three months that people are standing in the back. It is, it is crazy. It's good, it's a good problem to have. But listen, what happens when maybe some of these things are not working and then we just say, but we have bread. We have the bread of life. We have Jesus, but nothing else is ready. But we have Jesus. What do you think is gonna happen? Yes, Jesus, of course, is enough, but yet we are not showing maybe enough honor that being ready for the guests that are gonna come in. Listen, if we're not preparing the table for the people that are going to come in, it's going to be harder for them to experience Jesus when they get here. I'm going somewhere with this, I promise. Jesus never invited someone to a party he wasn't ready to throw. He was always ready. He was always ready to have a good time. You know, Jesus went to a wedding. It's his first recorded miracle. It's the wedding at Cana. He goes to this wedding and he's not even throwing the wedding. He's not even throwing the party, but yet he saves the party. 
because it would have been of great dishonor. They ran out of wine at the party. How many of you know if you run out of wine at a wedding, it's like, what in the world are we doing here? Especially back then, it was a great, great dishonor to not have uh, enough food and drinks prepared for the amount of people that were gonna show up. Maybe a ton more people came than they were expecting, but they obviously weren't prepared. They had not prepared enough. So what does Jesus do? He saves the day and makes some wine. He turns water into wine. His mama told him, she said, do whatever he tells you. And Jesus said, it's not my time yet. She said, mm-hmm, you better do what I tell you. And so he goes out and he goes and makes that water into wine and the wedding is saved and they have a great party. Listen, Jesus's heart is to serve. He said it, I came to serve, not to be served. So how many of you think and would agree that our heart should also be to serve, amen? amen. Welcoming environments are important. Jesus, what was he doing in that moment? He was creating a welcoming environment for people to step into and enjoy the party that was happening in that moment, to enjoy the presence of one another, to, to show love to people around him. Listen, those environments are important. Why is a welcoming environment important? Because every Sunday is somebody's first Sunday. Amen. Every Sunday that somebody comes in it might be their first Sunday and they might not know anything about Jesus. They might not know anything about God. They might have never stepped foot into a church before. And for me, I wanna make sure that, hey, we as a church represent Jesus well to the people that walk into this place, right? I wanna make sure that we're loving on one another, like that we're having a good time that we got all of our stuff together and we're ready to serve this guest that walks in that, that maybe is very nervous about coming into a new church. How many of you know just walking into a new church, even if you've been a Christian for years and you're just looking for a new church, that is awkward. It's weird. I've met some new guests this morning and I hope that you already are feeling, hey, like this is a place where I can maybe call home and, but you still probably feel a little weird. You know, you're only halfway through the message. Like, we'll see what happens, okay? But I know it's awkward and it's weird, but I, I, it's just been so on my heart recently. I wanna make sure that we do not let down the, the kingdom of God by a lack of preparation. I don't wanna ever let somebody see uh, people gossiping and arguing with one another or team members or people in the church and they say, is this really what Christians look like? Jesus said that they will know you're my disciples by how you love one another. And how we love each other is a representation of God. And if we're not doing that well, and if we're not preparing the table and getting ready for the flock, getting ready for the harvest that I believe God wants to bring in Kyle and Buda and, and Hayes County, I believe that there's so many people that are outside of these four walls that need Jesus, but we have to be ready for them to step into this building. I promise you, I'm not upset at anybody, okay? Like, I'm not subtweeting at anybody today. I, it's just something I've been passionate about recently, so stick with me. Every Sunday is someone's first Sunday, and every Sunday is an opportunity to share the love of Jesus with somebody by how we treat them, by how we treat their kids, by how we worship together, by how you serve the donuts and the maybe it's good or maybe it's not coffee, okay? Like, we don't know. How we talk to each other, all of that matters. And here's the deal, people usually decide, and maybe some of you that are, are first time guests today, you could kind of tell me after service. People usually decide within the first five minutes of walking into a church if they're coming back. Did you know that? That's actually a real stat. Usually you go into a store or you try out a restaurant. For the most part, in the first five minutes, you can already tell if it's a place that you're gonna come back to or not. And most people will go back maybe a second time. But after that, if it's not ready and they can tell, hey, they weren't prepared for me. They weren't prepared for my family. They're not gonna come back. Let me give you an example. I went to a place recently and some of you might push back on this. 
But I went to a place that just opened here in Kyle. It is called Dutch Bros, okay? Uh, how many of you love Dutch Bros? Come on, let me see. You love Dutch Bros coffee. You've been there, okay? I'm not so sure about it yet, guys. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, people have been telling me, I put a post out that I had Dutch Bros. I tried it one time. And I just, I don't know. It wasn't really my thing. Like I, I'm a summer moon kind of a guy. Okay, I love that summer moon coffee. But I went and tried it out. And I was like, I just don't know if this is for me. And so I put a post on Facebook and said, first Dutch bros experience, meh, you know? And I had so many people in the comments, half of them in praise and support and saying summer moon is better. This coffee shop is better. This coffee, gotta support local, all this stuff. And then I had the other people that were like, you don't know what you're talking about. You got it. What drink did you get? You got that? No, don't get that one. Get this one. But I had like eight different drinks that people were recommending. I was like, okay guys, for real. I didn't really like it, but you know what I'll do? I told them on the Facebook thread. I said, I'll go back one more time. I'm going to try it one more time and I'm going to see if it's good. But how many of you know, if I go back and that coffee is trash, I'm not going again, right? Yeah. I'm not going again because obviously it's not something that's going to serve me well. I'm not going to give them three and four and five times. After the second time, man, I'm done. And let me tell you, that's the same way it is in churches as well. When you walk into a church, you can usually tell pretty quickly this is somewhere that you can call home. And if it's not and you're not sure, a lot of people will go back maybe one or two more times. But after that, if they can tell that we have not prepared our church and the infrastructure is not there and we're ready to serve those people and to love them well, to love their kids and to help you spiritually grow and become more Christ-like, connecting community, all this kind of stuff, listen, they are not going to come back. And I would hate, hate, hate for somebody that walks in the door that has never met Jesus before, that knows nothing about God, to walk in and feel like that they were not loved and they were not cared for. Whose responsibility is that? Ours. All of ours. Not just the rad team. Not just the people that serve every single Sunday and get here at 7 a.m. or 8 a.m. to do all the stuff. Not just the worship team. It's not just my responsibility. Whose responsibility is that? All of ours. Amen. To love people well, to show them Jesus and to serve them with everything that we have. I'm gonna give you a few more Bible verses and then uh, we'll, we'll end this message today. But there's a passage in Luke 14 that I wanna read to you that I think really illustrates this pretty well. This is Jesus talking. He says, but he said to him, a man once gave a great banquet and invited many. At the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been, who had been invited, come for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I bought a field and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. Another said, I've bought a, a five yoke of oxen and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. Another said, I've married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. The master of the house became angry and said to his servant, go out quickly to the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. A servant said, Sir, what you've commanded has been done, and there is still room. And the master said to the servant, go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in, that my house may be filled. Somebody say filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. What's happening here? Jesus is telling a story of a banquet that was prepared. A banquet that was prepared, and, and he sends out all, everything's ready to go sends out the invitation, say, hey guys, just wanna let you know everything's ready. We're prepared for you. Why don't you go ahead and come on in because we're excited to eat together. It's gonna be a great time. We're gonna have a great party. 
But not everybody wanted to come. They said, well, actually, you know what? I got to do this. I'm sorry, I just bought some, some, some oxen. I got to go check that out. I got a field and you know, I just got this wife. I got this thing going on and, and so I can't make it today. And, 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 and then he says, go and you know what? Just invite anybody. Like just go tell every single person that's out there. Hey, I want you to go ahead and come on into the house. I don't care if I know you. I don't care if we're on the same socioeconomic status. I don't care if you're from here or not. Like just come on in, man. I would love to have this house full of people so that we can eat together and have a good time. And how many of you have ever invited somebody to church or invited somebody to have a conversation about your faith and they immediately are just like, nah, like, I'm sorry. You know, I got something going on. Nah, man, I can't come because, you know, like of this other thing. And you know that they're just like making up stuff, right? Like they're just trying to get out of it. They don't want to come, okay? But, but here's the deal. What ends up happening is after a few invitations and after going and inviting people to church and inviting people into a relationship with Jesus or maybe just having a conversation about your faith, you get three, four, or five people that say no over a length of period of time. And what happens? You get discouraged. You get discouraged and then you stop. Here's the deal. The master did not stop. He said, listen, these people are not gonna come. That's fine. I'll go on to the next person and to the next person and to the next person and to the next person. And I will not stop inviting people to the table until this house is full. And in the same way, I believe that if you've invited somebody to church before and they've said no, man, keep inviting, keep trying because that person needs Jesus, amen? Like, you know they need Jesus. Come on, you know they need Jesus. But they need to come to church so they can have an experience with God. They can have an experience with one another about people that love them. When the table is prepared and everything is ready to go, you say, hey, listen, my church is a place where I know that you're gonna feel loved. I know that you're gonna feel cared for. I know that you're gonna experience Jesus. And I wanna invite you to this place. Maybe they say, no, listen, invite somebody else. Invite somebody else. Invite somebody else. Don't stop inviting people to church because they didn't accept the invitation the first time. Listen, I'm telling you, this story that Jesus is telling is so important. He's saying, I want my house to be full of people. And now a lot of people say, hey, I'm cool with the small church, all right? I'm just gonna be straight up honest with you guys. I'm not. I'm not, I'm really not. And, and let, me, let me tell you why. They're like, oh, I just love the small church vibe. That's cool, but we're going to a big church. And let me tell you why that is. Because a small church is, not, is reaching a small number of people. And there's a lot of people out there that need Jesus. There's thousands and thousands of people in our community that need Jesus. And if we're saying that we're content with having a small church, what are we saying? That I'm content with not reaching those people. And now I understand that, that what happens when a church gets big is sometimes now you lose connection with people. And now that's on us to prepare the table and make sure that we can take care of those people that do come in, that we can all have that connection with one another and a connection with God and that people are not just a face in the crowd, but that they have somebody that knows their name, that knows their kids, that knows what they care about, that knows everything about them. They're in a group. They're getting encouraged spiritually. Man, I'm telling you, like, I don't want a small church because Jesus didn't want a small church. You think he told the 12 disciples, now go only to like this area. And when your church gets too big, you better make sure you better slow that thing down. You really think that that was the heart of God? Absolutely not. He said, now go and make disciples of what? All nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. All nations, go help people find Jesus. But make sure that your church doesn't get too big or else it's just gonna be, there's gonna become a face in the crowd. 
there was not that caveat on the end. There was not an asterisk with that on the end. I want a big church. Why? Because that means we're reaching more people. It's not just because like there's, there's butts and seats, but it's like that person has a name. Like they have a story. Like they, they mean something to Jesus. They should mean something to us. Amen? Uh, Bethany, can you bring me that chair right there? Yeah, no, just pick one. Pick one of those empty chairs. Yeah, perfect. All right. This is a chair that had nobody sitting in it today. I care about that chair. That person that's not here yet. The person that has not walked in the door yet. The person who hasn't given their life to Jesus yet. The person that's struggling in their marriage somewhere out there right now in Kyle Buta, San Marcos. We haven't reached that person yet, but one day that chair is gonna be filled with somebody and I wanna make sure that I can serve that person well. I wanna make sure that that person grows in their faith, that they find community with people that love them, that lift them up. They don't tear them down and gossip about them. Man, that when we get here, that uh, imagine having greeters at the front with somebody that's never met Jesus before. And we have greeters that are smiling. We got a great greeter team. Come on, right here, we got a couple of them. They smile every Sunday and they say, hey, welcome in. Like, we're so glad you're here. Come on in, you know? Somebody that's never met God before, like that means something, right? Like, wow, okay, like these people are oddly nice. You know, like, but that's actually who we should be, not just the front that we're putting on. That's who I actually think we should be as Christ followers. We're joyful to be in the house of God, right? And the kids area is great and like getting everybody uh, checked in and all that stuff. And we're happy, we're smiling and all that stuff. We got a great worship team that's lifting up the name of Jesus. Come on, man, we gotta serve them well. That's the last point, it is serve them well. Philippians 2, 4, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but to the interests of others. Everyone wants to start reaching people and we'll say we wanna reach people until you start reaching people. <laughs> I'm just being honest. It's really easy to get comfortable with where we're at. But I'm a visionary, okay? God's given me that unique gift to be a visionary, to see a future that's different and that's better than where we're at now. And he's given me a vision for this church and it's not to be a small church, but it's to be a large church that feels small. Because I say it all the time, it's great to have a friendly church, but I wanna have a church where everyone has a friend. And there is a big difference in that. Why does everyone wanna reach people until you start reaching people? It's because it requires you to serve. It requires you to do something. It requires you to take action and to actually become a part of the community and to serve one another. It requires you to change. It requires you to think about somebody other than yourself, which is a natural thing for us to do. Let's just be honest. We think about our own needs before others' needs, but what did we just read in Philippians 2, 4? Let each of you look to the interest of others, not just your own. It requires you to think about this chair. The person that is not yet at the table. We're all here at the table today and I'm grateful for the people that are here. But I think we're, I think we're remiss if we forget about this chair, this person. And I think about this person a lot, I really do. I think about you guys all the time. But Jesus thought about this chair. He said, you got 99, you got 100, right? 100 sheep. And one of them goes off. Will he not leave the 99 to go find the one? Who is the one? This person. 
You are the 99. I hate to break it to you. But it's not a problem. It's a privilege. The 99 have each other. The one is by himself. The one needs Jesus. And that's why I think about this chair a lot. There's a team value that we have. And it is that we get to do this. And I know that that phrase has been used and abused, especially in like big church culture. It really has. And so I want to like, I understand that if you've heard that before and you're like, okay, sure. But seriously, it is a value that I really care about is that we get to do this. You may not have to wake up at 6 a.m. to be there at the church at 7 a.m. to set up. No, man, I get to wake up at 6 a.m. to go set up the church. Why? Because today is somebody's day to find Jesus. And I'm excited to be a part of that. I'm excited to see my friends. I'm excited to be a part of the Rad Fam and to see somebody's life be forever changed. Over the last four weeks, we've had 30 people say yes to Jesus. That is incredible. Yes, come on, you can put your hands together for that. I will wake up every single Sunday and set up and tear down. I don't even care if it means that we have people saying yes to Jesus. You mean I have to entertain these kids for an hour? No, no, no. I get to teach these kids about Jesus and help them grow into godly young men and women and have a blast doing it. You see the mindset shift there? When you start reaching people, it requires a mindset shift. You mean I have to think about somebody other than myself? Yes, we get to think about somebody other than ourselves. Why? Because that's what Jesus did. Jesus thought about other people all the time, and yet we think it's super cool for us to be the most selfish people around. Like, that doesn't make any sense. That's not the heart of God. We get to partner with the Holy Spirit to draw people into the kingdom of God? To see somebody give their lives to Jesus? That's one of the greatest privileges that you will ever have in your life. And I think a lot of times we do take it for granted. Matthew 25 says this, I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. This is Jesus talking. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you? Or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. When you serve others, you are serving Jesus. That whole passage, that's what he's saying. When you serve somebody else and don't expect anything in return, when you serve somebody else and you think about them more than yourself, you are serving Jesus himself. Amen? That's why serving is important. Jesus says it here on the last day. When you stand before God, he's gonna say, what did you do for others? What did you do for those around you? What did you do? How did you serve? How did you give your life for other people? And you're gonna say, well, I, yeah, I went to church and he's like, yeah, but what did you do to help people? Like, did you serve others? Did you love them well? Did you care for them? Yeah, I read my Bible and I grew myself. Like, how did you help somebody else grow? When you serve others, you're serving Jesus. And when you serve, you're intentionally putting aside your own needs 
in order to serve the needs of others. And to be honest, that's the most Christ-like thing that I can think any of us can do. I have to live my life for that person. Of course, my job as a pastor is to equip the saints, right? But my job is to, is to equip you guys to live your life for that person. Not just me, but I'm, I'm trying to get you to see the way that I see. Do y'all understand? Are we here together? We, is this making sense? I'm trying to get us all to have the same perspective that like God thinks about this person and cares about this person. And we come into church and now American Christianity is like this consumeristic thing where we just come in and get pumped up and we worship. And like, if the coffee is not great or the donut's not right, or if my seat wasn't there that Sunday, now I'm upset and I'm leaving and going somewhere else. And yet there's somebody that was there that day that doesn't know anything about God and they might be on their way to hell. And like, we're, more concerned about that the whole band wasn't here today. It was only acoustic guitar. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is the things that we say. These are the things that American Christianity thinks. And I'm trying to get us to refocus, to think about that person every once in a while. When you're walking into service, you see somebody that looks new, say hi. Like, hey, I don't know you. Have we ever met before? I know it's super weird to do like post-COVID now. Like we just forgot, we forgot how to talk to each other. You know what I'm saying? But like, we have to think about those kinds of things. Who could that person be? In this chair right here, the few chairs that you see, maybe there's a chair around you that's not full yet. Look at that chair. Who could that person be? Your mom or dad? Is it your son or your daughter? Is it your coworker or your boss? Is it barista at the coffee shop? Dutch bros needs Jesus. Come on, they need some better coffee. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> is it your server at the restaurant? Or is it a stranger? Maybe they just come in and you've never met them before. And when you get here, you say, hey, I, I don't know you. What's your name, man? You hear about their story. You know how many stories I've heard of people that were just absolutely caught in sin and caught in some awful stuff. And they walked into these doors, gave their lives to Jesus, and now their life is forever changed. You know how many stories I hear about all, all the time with that story? You know what I would absolutely love is if you came and told me the story. I hear them all the time, but, but I love when somebody's like, hey, this is my friend that I brought to church. And man, they have a crazy story. They've been coming for a few months now and they gave their life to Jesus. And, and I just want them to tell you their story and what God's been doing in them. Go ahead. And they're like so excited, right? Because it's like, hey, I got to play a part in this person finding Jesus. It's so much fun. Here's the deal. Our church has been growing. And the last two weeks, it's been kind of, I mean, you remember, Tim, there's, there were weeks that in Snowvid, you guys remember that? <laughs> we had Snowvid, and there were weeks we'd have 60 people come to church. And at the beginning of the summer, this summer, we had about an average 110, 120. Now we're averaging 180 every single, over the summer, our church grew. That's not normal, it's really cool. We're averaging almost 180. Our church is getting full. And next week, you will definitely see what I'm talking about. I can promise you that. Our church is getting full. We all know it, it's obvious. There's been times when you've walked in, right? And you have not had a seat, okay? If you're five minutes, six minutes late, it's like good luck finding a place to sit down. It just doesn't happen sometimes. There's people sitting up on the, the back rows up there. And here's the deal. I want to make room for the guests that are not here yet. 
I want to make room for this person. And I want to make sure that that guy that walks in that's struggling in his marriage and struggling in addiction and alcohol or just doesn't know God, or maybe somebody that wants to give their life back to Jesus. I want to make sure that we have a chair for that person. I want to make sure we have a host that is ready to greet that person, a kids worker that's ready to love on their kids when they go back to the kids area. And so I think it's time to make some room. We need to do what? Prepare the table before we invite the guests in. So one of the things that I've really been praying about and trying to figure out and my coaches and my pastors that I've been talking to is, is what do you do? Uh, usually the stat is you get to about 80% full. It's time to, to switch and to go to two services. We've been at about 85 to 90% full for two and a half months now, minimum. And so I think it's time for us to start thinking about that. And it's time for us to maybe transition, especially once we get into the new building, we will automatically be going to two services. But here's the deal. I wanna prepare for those guests now. And I wanna prepare the table now. And when you go to two services, now what are we doing? Now we're able to have people that maybe their kids take a nap at a certain time and now they're not able to come to our church, but now they're gonna be able to come. Somebody that works, maybe they work uh, and they get off at like 2 a.m. They work a night shift on Saturday. They're like, man, I can't make the 10 a.m., but what if we had an 11 a.m. service? Well, maybe they could come to that. Maybe it's a little bit easier for them to make that. I wanna make room for people because it's not about us and our comfort always, but it's about expanding the kingdom of God and putting down our own needs so that we can help others find Jesus. Does that make sense? Are we on the same page here? I know it's like a difficult thing and I'm not really not mad or upset. I'm actually excited. Like this is a good thing that's happening. The fact that we grew our church over the summer, like what in the world? That is like very, very not normal. All of my pastor friends and coaches are like, dude, what is going on at Radical right now? Because it looks like you guys are packed. And I'm like, yes, we are. Okay, like I don't know what to do. Please help. All right, it's like, because it's not normal. It's a good thing. And so I believe it's time for us to look to transitioning to two services, but we can't do it without you. And here's the end of the message is, is I, you probably have seen already the serve card that's on your seat. If you don't have it, go ahead and pick it up. I want you to take a look at it with me. Without our amazing rad team, like this church doesn't happen. Like, I just want you to think about that for a second. We have a team of about 60 to 70 people that every single week, they rotate on a schedule, but the total amount of team members we have is about 60 to 70 team members that help make Radical Church happen. And we need some people that have an I get to do this attitude. We need some people that are here to say, you know what, I wanna make a difference with my life. I wanna make a difference and help people find Jesus. I don't wanna just come to church. I wanna be the church. I wanna get out there and welcome people in. I wanna serve kids in the kids ministry. I haven't picked up that guitar in a while, but you know what? I'm gonna audition for the worship team and I'm gonna get back on that thing. And, and you know what? I wanna learn about production and cameras and I wanna help set up this thing and tear down this thing because listen, I wanna be a part of the local church, not just for me, but for those people that are not here yet. So we can make room for people that need Jesus. I need some people that have an I get to do this attitude. Come on, is there anybody out there that has that attitude? I wanna serve Jesus. Come on, I wanna serve Jesus. I love it. Our rat team loves it. Alec loves it. He's loving it back there. My man. 
Did you have a Red Bull too? I'm pretty sure. There it is. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I want you to consider today, if this is your first time, okay, like I get, you need to learn more about the church. Like, hey, I think this message is for you. It's for everybody. Like the heart of Jesus is to serve. So this is a universal message. But maybe you still need to learn more about the church. We have growth track later today at four o'clock and you can learn about the church. I'll be on it. You can ask any questions you have. I would love to help you uh, get involved in the community, become a member and maybe figure out a team that would work for you where you can serve and use your gifts and talents for Jesus in this place and prepare the way for the harvest that God's gonna give us and he's already been giving us. If you're still not sure or, or maybe you're on the rad team right now, I wanna let you know about something that's happening soon too. On September 23rd, we're gonna have another team night and I'm super stoked about it, all right? We're gonna have another team night. We're gonna give you guys food. We're gonna have a great time. It's on a Friday night. We're gonna get together, cast some vision for the future and see what the future of Radical Church looks like. And we're just gonna hang out together and have a good time, hang out with our team leaders, get to know each other. And this is what I wanna encourage you with. If you're not on the RAD team yet, but you uh, wanna think about being on the RAD team, if you have any, any possibility of being like, hey, I maybe wanna serve, I'm not really sure where or how, or I just wanna meet some of the people that are on the team, you're invited to team night as well. Please come, I would love, we'll feed you, we'll feed your kids, all that good stuff. They can come. And I just wanna use that as a time for you to say, hey, look, there's a group of people here that are doing more than just coming to church and sitting down. But hey, we are actually serving. We're getting in the middle of it because why people matter. And we wanna make sure that we have that seat available for somebody that comes in that needs Jesus. So take that card, take a look at it. I'm gonna chill here in that seat with you guys. Ah, here we go. I want you to take that card and there's a few different teams what we're doing right now is this, is this is us preparing the table. That card right there is us asking, hey, are there any people that are willing to set the table with us? You go back to Thanksgiving, right? It's like, hey, is there anyone that's willing to take a fork and set it out, set out all the forks? How about you? Can you clean the glasses? Can you do the dishes after the meal is done? because I believe that God has so much more for this church than staying where we're at. Listen, the best days are yet to come for Radical Church. Come on, if somebody believes that, will you shout and put your hands together? God has more for us. God has more for you. He has more for your family. And I guarantee you, if you wanna learn how to, if you wanna grow spiritually, start serving. Seriously, why? Because it's the heart of Jesus, that's what he did. If you wanna make a friend, Get on a team. It is the easiest way to make friends at Radical Church. How many of you know if you get up at 6.30 in the morning, you're here at seven o'clock moving things around or you're here at eight or 8.30 getting ready and serving together, welcoming, greeting people together. The Rad team is the tightest team that we have, the tightest group of people that we have at Radical Church. Why? Because we serve together. We hang out all the time. And if you're like, I don't have any friends, get on a team. You'll make friends real quick, I promise you. So look at that card with me. There's a few different teams that you can serve on and I want you just to consider it. And if you have questions about it, you can sign up for Growth Track on the Church Center app today and hang out with me and I'll answer any questions you have. But we have a need. If we're gonna go to two services, we need to effectively double our volunteer base. I'm just gonna be straight with you guys. Is that cool? Can I do that? We gotta double our volunteer base. 
But I guarantee you, if we double our volunteer base, and the, the, the way it works is the more volunteers you have, the more you can support, the more people that you can support. And you should really have one volunteer for every six to eight people that you have coming to the church. So if we double our volunteer base, we can double our church. And I guarantee you that will happen once we get into our new building. But I wanna prepare the table now. So maybe you're interested in serving in kids and you're like, hey, I have experience doing daycare uh, or, or, or I'm a teacher or something like that. Listen, we need people that are excited about helping kids find their identity in Jesus. Not just babysitting, not just like, hey, watch a movie or something like that. Listen, we need people that are excited to help kids worship, to accept Jesus into their lives. You're gonna watch those kids get baptized one day and you're gonna be able to say, hey, I played a part in that kid finding their way to God. That is amazing. That's a really cool responsibility that we get. Uh, maybe you have, uh, maybe you're a musician and you wanna save Tim's fingers from having to play this whole time, right? Like his fingers are probably hurting right now. You got another 10 minutes in you? You're good, right? Okay. <laughs> maybe you play guitar. Maybe not as good as Tim, or maybe you don't sing as good as Lauren or whatever, but like, you know what? Like we can help you learn and grow. You know how many people Tim and Pastor Tim and Michelle have, have developed and helped grow into their craft? Listen, we will give you every resource you need to grow in that if that's something you're interested in. Maybe production, you're interested in cameras. You don't know anything about all this stuff. We will train you. We will help you. I guarantee it. Lori's shaking her head right now. She's like, I, don't, I barely knew anything. She serves on production and, and we helped her learn and grow. And now she's serving uh, every few weeks now too. And and there's another team. Actually, somebody, I got a card right there. Let me see. Can you hand me one of those, Bethany? Thank you. Now we're having family talk now, guys. Our connections team. What is that? Greeters, ushers, helping people find a seat, uh, helping people feel welcome as they come in because, man, our ushers have been very, very useful uh, in the last couple of months because we have needed every bit of their help trying to find two or three seats for families to sit down. Info hosts, that's my pots back there and some other people that serve back there. Hey, you're the gatekeeper for the church. You got, you need information, you go to them. Like they know what's going on, okay? Hospitality, coffee, donuts, serving people with a smile on your face. Say, hey, get this liquid energy and let's go worship together. Come on now. Um, we need people like that. Set up and tear down. I lead the set up and tear down team. Every, most people don't know this. Every single Sunday, I am up at 6 a.m., and I go pick up the trailer with my dad and we bring the trailer and we have a few guys that come help us unload. We go back, pick up the rest of the stuff because we have to have two loads because we have that much stuff and we bring it back. And now we actually have a few college guys from Texas State that are helping us in the back over here uh, every week that are helping us tear down after service. They're like, oh, we get an applause? This is great, yeah. Uh, and so they're helping us out and, and I'm just so glad because man, we need it right now. And i just be totally straight with you guys because we have so many people coming. Nursery, preschool, elementary, all this stuff. Man, listen, if, this, if any of this even remotely interests you, I just want you to put your name on this and put your number in your email. That's all we need. We don't need your social security number and all that kind of stuff. That's not what we're trying to do here. And one of our team members will contact you and we will figure out if this is the right thing for you, okay? This is a fast track to serving. This is how important this is. You don't even have to go through growth track today. Okay, you don't have to go through it. If you want to, you can. But I wanna encourage you to fill that out. And I'm actually gonna give you about 30 seconds to fill this card out right now. 
And I'm seriously asking, is there anybody that's willing to serve other people and to help other people find Jesus? Maybe you're already on the rad team and you're like, hey, I'd like to serve in a different team. Go ahead, you can put that on there and then we'll have that team member or that team leader contact you. If you're serving on one team, you're like, hey, I'd rather serve on a different team. Maybe I wanna serve more, like go ahead and fill it out and we'll let you know like, hey, we could totally use the help because we believe that God is bringing people to this house to be changed, healed, set free, delivered and finding Jesus. Man, that's so, so amazing. So I'm gonna give you about 30 seconds and I want you to pray about this and talk to your spouse about it. Fill this out and then I'm gonna have you hold these cards up in the air and we're gonna pray over them at about 30 seconds. Ready, set, go. Father God, I thank you for every person that is not here yet. Would you draw them to the house of God? Would you draw them into a relationship with you? God, would you use our church? Would you use us, Lord, to do it? God, I want you to use me. Just as the word says, here am I, send me, God. Use me to help people find Jesus. I thank you for our teams that we have at Radical. I thank you, Father, for our kids team that loves on those kids, that serves them. That's gonna help them find Jesus from a young age. Your word says, train up a child in the way they should go. When they're old, they won't depart from it. And Lord, that's what I want this Rad Kids team to be able to do, our set up and tear down team, the muscles of the church. God, I thank you for them, for those guys that say, you know what, I'm gonna literally sacrifice my physical body for the church. I thank you for those guys, that you would lift them up, Lord Jesus, that you would help them to see that as they're building their muscles physically, like moving these cases in and out, they're building their spiritual muscles as well, and they're growing to be more like you, Jesus. Our connections team, Father, I thank you that they have such big smiles on their faces, and they're always willing to help somebody feel welcome into our church. God, I pray for that team, that you would bless them, that you would help them to grow and their families, God. I thank you that they're, they're the first line of people at our church and, and the first people that, that have contact with any first time guests. And Lord, I pray that you would help them even when they come into this place and they're feeling down, they're feeling out, they're having some trouble and at their home and they had an argument on the way here. God, I thank you that you're able to turn that pain around and turn it into joy. We can have a smile on our face knowing that we are serving people in this place, that we are preparing the table, inviting the guests in, and we're going to serve them well. And our creative team, our worship team, our production, Father, I pray that you would use every single stroke of the guitar, every hit of a drum, every note that is sung over a microphone, every camera shot that is ever taken, every social media post that goes out. God, I pray that every single one of those things would be a tool to help people have an experience with you. God, it's not about the production of it all. It's not about the lights and the sound and the music and all that stuff. God, we could do all of this without it. But Lord, I pray that those things would simply be tools to help people engage in 
worship and experience you. God, help our worship leaders and our musicians and our production team that's back there, Father. Help them to experience you as they lead and as they're hitting every keystroke on a computer or moving that camera around, trying to follow my crazy self around this stage. Father, I pray that you would help them to experience you and, and experience what it's like to be a true servant, just like you, Jesus. And God, for every single person that's here in this place today that's making a decision to, to sign up for a team and saying, hey, God, I'm ready to serve. Coach, put me in. I wanna see more people saved, healed, delivered, and set free at Radical Church. I wanna become a part of a team that's making a difference in this world and in Hayes County specifically right here. God, I pray that you would bless them, help them to see that this is a good thing that they're doing, that they're giving their time, their energy, uh, uh, and, and just their, their life towards something that's bigger than ourselves. And God, help us all to not be so focused on ourselves that we forget about this chair that I'm sitting in right now. And we forget about the person that's not here yet. God, help us if we do that. So Lord, I thank you for every person here today. What I want you to do right now is if you filled out a card, I want you to just hold up that card in the air and I wanna celebrate each and every one of you that has filled out that card. Come on, can we put our hands together for everybody? Rad team. Hey, thank you guys for filling out this card and saying yes to being involved at Radical Church. Uh, I, I'm so grateful for you. Please drop it off at the back today. And let me tell you, if you are interested at all in learning more about Radical before you make this decision, because it's a big decision, I get it. Come to Growth Track today and come to the team night. If you have never served at all, hello, Lord Jesus. That's my, you know what? That's like at the, at the uh, Golden Globes or whatever those Oscars when they're like, hey, it's time for you to be done. All right. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, I want you to take this card and I want you to pray over it and I want you to drop it off over there with my dad at the info center. And hey, seriously, thank you guys so much. Listen, it is the heart of God to serve. And so I wanna pray for you one more time as we leave uh, that God would bless you on your way this week. So Father, I thank you for every person today. Would you bless them? Would you keep them? Make your face shine upon them. Give them favor with their family, with their friends, with their kids, with their coworkers, at their job. God, I pray that uh, every single interaction that they have with people this week, that, that they would be able to lift somebody else up. That God, the world's not gonna bring them down, but Father, that we're going to be a light out in this world this week. And we're not just serving here at church on Sunday morning, but God, we serve the community outside of these four walls. We serve others every single day of the week by the way that we live, by the way that we talk, by the way that we treat other people and how we share our faith with others. So thank you for every person that calls Radical Church their home. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. Hey, thank you guys so much for hearing my heart today. I hope it resonated with you. God bless you. We'll see you next week.